Welcome to the Youth School Podcast, where we believe inside of everybody there is a great story waiting to be discovered and lived. This is the show where we guide you on your journey in discovering what your story could be. It's your life. Don't let anybody else write it. This is Scott Schimmel. I am the president of the U School podcast, uh, although I will soon be demoted because this is, I'm, I'm afraid to say, Kara, it's the second time I've done this where we started the interview and I thought I pressed record and I didn't. So um, you're getting behind the scenes. Look, everybody, at what actually happens here. There's no producer. There's no, no. There's Oprah. Uh, it's just me. So um, today I'm happy. I'm happy to have on the show. Dr. Kara Miller. And uh, Kara, would you please share with folks what you're doing in the world and uh, why it's relevant to the U School conversation? Absolutely. Yes. Um, right now, I most often am a professor or a coach or consultant. And the things that I'm teaching, professing, coaching, or consulting about are the ways that adults change and learn, <laughs> uh, the way they mature internally. So we're talking about mindset. We're talking about um, adaptation to changes. We're talking about um, tolerating ambiguity or uncertainty. And we actually have a lot of learning and a lot of data about the patterns that people follow. Hmm. Um, after you turn 18, your development doesn't stop physically or psychologically or emotionally or spiritually. I mean, the list is really long. Yeah. At age 18, it actually just shifts, but you start to make the same type of developmental growth leaps as you did when you were a child. So hmm. if it was, you know, from an airplane, if you saw a small car, you know, you would say, look at that tiny, tiny car. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, years go by and you know, because you're a parent as well, that we finally come to the understanding that the car is really far away. So it appears small, yeah, but the right. car is not actually tiny, right? <laughs> um, in adult language, you know, in adult learning and development, you know, we have shifts like that too. One really classic one is when we move from an either or mindset or black and white, sometimes we call it, or um, a zero-sum game. If you win, I lose. If I win, you lose. We can't both win, or we can't both be correct. Um, you know, we're not two sides of, you know, the same coin, perhaps. Mm. Um, and as we mature cognitively, um, we start to understand that actually there are a lot of options available to mm. Um, in understanding and in holding out options for ourselves. So there are developmental stages, uh, just like if, if you took child development in yeah. undergrad, which a lot of people do, not a lot of people take adult development, but that's oh. what I teach. And that's um, where I coach and consult from is adult development stages that adults grow through and the shifts in cognitive abilities and in psychological capacity between those shifts and it makes us better decision makers it makes us better collaborators it helps us to adjust more quickly to the change that we know is occurring in this hmm. world and if we could just get our politicians into adult right. development courses we could really do some good <laughs> oh, that's, oh man 
Well, yeah. the, the theme that we're looking at this month is called wake up and what you just shared. It's just perfect context for this month because what we're trying to do with you school is wake up an education system that and, and we're recognizing that just because you graduate high school even if you graduate with uh you know 4.7 gpa national merit got all that stuff doesn't necessarily mean you've made it in life or that you're even on the right track from a developmental standpoint no and one of the things we've learned to see is that this whole idea of raising healthy adults is really difficult, if not impossible, if you don't have healthy adults in the mix. If you don't have healthy adults who are being developed, who have been developed, that are pouring into the next generation. So when you start to share about <laughs> the, the yeah. politicians and leaders, man, that's like, I guess my question is, does adult development happen or is it something that you choose? Oh, this is such a good question. <laughs> I mean, this is what people who study it, all the nerd people in adult yeah. development, this is what we talk about all the time. We write papers about it. We collaborate <laughs> on conferences about it. And the answer is, I'm going to go developmentally, mm -hmm. you know, complex on you. The answer is both. And right. that's because, you know, our natural inertia or our natural progress to if maturity that's been designed into our bodies and our minds mm -hmm. um, is it's the trajectory is to progress is to mature and mm -hmm. our ability to also choose things that support that growth and maturity mm -hmm. is fantastic and mm -hmm. our ability or our privilege to be in scenarios where that development gets pushed on or gets expanded um, we're really awake, if you will, yep, to yep. what those are and trying to define what those are, trying to um, be able to create containers where development can happen. And one of my favorite things to talk about are the organizations that are trying to have a dual bottom line. And that is they're trying to develop their financial bottom hmm. line and develop business, but they're also going to try to develop people. So they're going to mm. organize their work life and their organizational structures so that they, the purpose is to develop people, to mature them, to give them places where their growth gets pushed. And so we're learning more and more what those structures look like, what the question, the most powerful questions are that open this up for people. Mm. And the only caveat that I would, you know, that I also love to talk about is that this does need to remain somebody's choice. So mm. natural growth, their natural progression and development yeah. is one thing and their ability to participate in that and to encourage that and enjoy that. Um, also, it can end up really jarring if we push people too mm -hmm. fast into developmental mm -hmm learning curves that are too steep for them. So Interesting. learning what the supports are and then creating a ratio between them enrolling themselves in this whole developmental journey yep. and us being able to support them with the right kind of scaffolding and the right kind of companionship. Those two things need to be well balanced. That's a ratio we don't have a lot of data on yet. Mm -hmm. We have lots and lots of case studies, lots mm -hmm. and lots of opinions about this. Mm -hmm lots of experiences but we're trying hard to learn what's the ratio of companionship and support with developmental challenge so 
it can happen to you. That's what I'm hearing you say. <laughs> it's going to happen to you. And I think from a, yeah. just a looking at a life uh, lens, there are certain thresholds that happen to somebody. You, you probably graduate high school. Yeah. You yeah. probably go to some sort of college experience. Mm-hmm. You start paying your own bills. Yeah, you get into a relationship. You hurt. Maybe you hurt a couple of people or get hurt in a relationship. Yep. You get a job. I mean, it, maybe you, you buy a home. There's these, you have a kid. There's these like mm-hmm. moments that will grow you up for lack of better terms. They'll, they'll, yes. or they have the opportunity, let's say, yes. to help you grow. You have the opportunity to okay. engage with those events, to be awake in the middle of those events so that okay. you aren't just surviving them, that yes. you actually are using them as a developmental catalyst to mature and to grow the transferable learning in that moment that's probably pretty modest and pretty appropriate for Mm -hmm. your chronological age. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not, right? But it's probably pretty appropriate for your chronological age and stage. And you'll learn a version of it there that you can actually transfer and apply to a later, more complex, higher stakes milestone in your life. But the learning occurs at every stage. So when you were a child, you learned to share. That was an acknowledgement of another person's interests, not just Mm -hmm. your own interests. Mm -hmm. Well, we would like for our president to be using that kind of learning, but he's not. He's not (laughs) using a more, you know, complex version of what it means to understand mm-hmm. and respect someone else's interests. In fact, a more developed adult, you know, leader mm-hmm. would be expected to not only respect someone else's interests, but actually to be able to advocate for and mm-hmm. represent someone else's interests in the absence of their own sophistication to do that for themselves, mm-hmm. right? Those are the people we want in leadership. And that's, those are the kind of adults that we want to grow. So. Yeah. It's, it's trying to get continuity between each of the lessons that, yes, I love your word, thresholds that you yeah. learn at appropriate, in appropriate circumstances with appropriate risk at each of those thresholds. And an accumulation of those over time and your engagement with them creates a really healthy leader adult um, that also hopefully has a bunch of humility and, you know, mm-hmm. sense of humor still as well. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so what you're saying though is it's possible to go through those thresholds and miss yes. miss the moments. Yes. And, and I just think of I think of because uh, we work so much with high school students, mm-hmm. how much how much a high school student in a given day, whether they have let's say six or seven classes, or maybe they're on a block schedule, they have four classes a day. Nevertheless, that is four distinct different uh, contexts, classrooms, cultures, yep. things that they're learning, and it's rapid pace. You have a five minute thing to switch. Yeah. So what I, th- I think I experience a lot from high school kids is life is just happening to you at a very mm-hmm. rapid pace. And that's what we as parents, especially you and I have little kids that it's, it happens so fast, right? That's what old people tell us all the time. Like our parents yeah. goes by so fast. It does. So what does it look like to go from asleep mm-hmm. to awake from unconscious to conscious? Oh, it's a, gr- a very cool, soft pitch. Nice one. Um, okay. Yes. Yeah, so one of the major, um, development concepts is called the subject object shift and it's one we like to use because it draws back to the story that you just told which is i feel like the world's just happening to me yeah yes actually you can go through your entire life 
feeling like the world is just happening to you. And we call that being subject to your experiences. Okay. You are subject of it. It's occurring upon you mm -hmm. and sort of designed and determined from outside of you. And mm -hmm. this is distinct from like, you know, there being a plan for your life or there being some sort of divine design for you that this is, yep. this is apart from something like that, right? right. Believe in fate or a, you know, a divine design, um, regardless of whether you hold that view, mm -hmm. this is an attitude. This is a stance and a posture towards the people that you experience and the moments that you experience. And, um, whether you under, uh, whether those have you or whether yeah. you have them and so in developmental language we say you shift from being the subject or being subjected to your story hmm. to moving and making your story object to making your experiences objects that you can be objective about that you can actually wake up in such a way in the moment that you can look at what's happening around you and inside of you from um, a third person sort of mm -hmm. narrator point of view. Yes. Not that you need to detach to do that. You can be what we call, you know, reflecting in action. Hmm. Uh, that's an old, you know, um, spiritual practice to be mm -hmm. reflecting in action. And the idea of doing that is becoming objective about what's occurring to you and in you so that you can make more intentional, more carefully crafted moves inside of those moments and usually the loop on this you know is is longer and in developmental supports we're trying to get the loop to become shorter so what i mean mm -hmm. by that is the di the distance between something occurring to me and then my ability to reflect on what occurred and then my ability to do something different or to make a different choice about how i react usually is trajectory that's chronological like that right yeah. we have a difficult conversation later on when I've calmed down or had yeah. some time I can reflect on the difficult conversation mm -hmm. um, I then may with the right kind of supports <laughs> um, mm -hmm. be able to reflect on my contribution to that difficult conversation that's one developmental move that's really healthy mm -hmm. um, and then beyond that I may be able to think about an alternative way that I could have behaved or the alternative hmm. way I could have intervened into that moment. In a really complex adult, they can be doing all of that in the present moment, hmm. in the here and now. I see what's happening. I'm engaged in what's happening. I'm in question about what's happening. I'm also thinking about what are my moves? What are the impact? Hmm. What's happening to the other person? How could we be doing this differently? what's what's our invitation to connect in real time yeah. to influence the outcome that we want so you know that's a really sophisticated yeah. practice and only a very small percent of the population can <laughs> operate in that place when stakes are high if at all mm -hmm. but that's mm -hmm. what we're growing right like that's what we want decision makers we want them in that place we want that practice to be so familiar to them yeah and we want them to have a language about what that's like and what that feels like, the questions that are best in those moments, mm. um, so that they can invite others to join them there and get better at that and, and do it together. 
interestingly, like young adults really understand this concept very quickly. Uh, when I was teaching undergraduate students, mm -hmm. they very quickly understood this present moment awareness. Hmm. They've had so much talk about mindfulness yep. or about embodiment or staying in the moment, you know, this kind of stuff. Like they, they, they're very, they're very skilled in that, but they don't necessarily know how to orient that you know, with others. So they don't know how to coordinate or collaborate hmm. that. I don't know how to talk about that. Um, and, they, and they don't necessarily know how to practice it beyond relationship context. Okay. So we want them in their highest stakes environment, whether they're an elite athlete yep. or whether they're in a job interview or whether they're trying to decide whether they want to marry the person they're dating, mm -hmm. right? These kinds of moments are the moments that we want to train them for. So, you know, that we want more sophisticated, more um, here and now, mm -hmm. more awake yeah. um, <laughs> contemplation and moves. So I've been going on. That was my big sermon. Okay, go ahead. No, Sorry. That, I mean, that was, <laughs> you have no idea since we're just catching up about what we're doing with the school, but I can't tell you how much what you just said is is the the musical gospel it's wow. our, our tagline is don't let anybody else write your story hey awesome yes As we're doing that with young adults we've also worked with veterans coming out of the military and and what you're talking about in terms of life happening to you yes. uh, that's what we've been learning and hearing is that's that's the biggest transition it in is. their young lives if you enlisted at 18 or 19 Yes. And really subjected yourself to someone else ordering your day, and not just your your day, your identity, your mission, your role, your belonging, <laughs> everything. And now, uh, like that moment you're talking about, it's the stress goes higher because you're leaving. Yes. And uh, if you haven't developed the practices of mindful awareness and reflect yes. reflection, it's I don't want to say it's too late. It's never too late, but it's, it's a really terrible time to learn that stuff <laughs> because no, it feels no. like you're in danger. And yes. when you're in danger, you, it's hard for anybody, no matter how Zen like you are to think clearly. Your body feels like it's in danger, certainly. Yeah. And that like translates straight to your brain, which is yeah. which drives your cognitive ability to, you know, achieve cognitive complexity, which, you know, sounds like a complex thing, but yeah. this doesn't even have to be in a bad sort of transition. I mean, I've worked with Olympic athletes that mm -hmm. once they win a medal, like everything comes crashing down mm -hmm. because the achievement was there, but there was no building for what the achievement was for mm -hmm. or for how to transfer the skills that you used to make that achievement yeah. into something else. So it feels like your life is really over and you get people like Michael Phelps talking about wanting to end his own life, right? He has all the transferable skills like in the universe for mm -hmm. stick-to-itiveness, for drive, for perseverance, mm -hmm. for you know, collaborating with like the natural world, for understanding That's his correct. own, you know, mindset and controlling all of that. I mean, he'd be outstanding in any role, but mm -hmm. because he never built it for any purpose. He never understood that it was going to be transferable. It wasn't on a developmental trajectory. He got stuck because it felt like all was lost at the end. And this mm -hmm. leads me to another um, developmental concept that's helpful here. And that is as you move, 
in developmental stages, as you grow and mature, you don't leave behind the things that you learned or the awareness that you had or what you were awake to. You actually include those when you transcend your current way of making sense of the world. So hmm. yes, you move past your way of making sense, your sort of old operating system, but you bring with you all the fixes and all the bugs and all the, you know, learning and the shortcuts and all that good stuff. You bring it with you. Yep. You, you transcend, but you include the things that were before. So sometimes the rhetoric around growth and development starts to sound like be a new you. Mm -hmm. You the old behind and mm -hmm. start fresh. And that's where our narratives get really chunked up and disjointed because right. what we were and what we learned helped us survive. It helped get right. us to where we needed to be. It built who we were. We don't leave that behind. We include mm -hmm. it, but mm -hmm. we also transcend it. Mm -hmm. And the thing that a developmental stance like really can offer a lot of health to the idea of growth and change because it doesn't leave those things behind. It actually makes use of those things. It translates them, it transfers mm. them, it applies them differently with a more sophisticated operating system. Wow. That's special from my point of view. I've got three, hopefully, teed up questions for you, contextualized wow. to the useful world. Okay. Let's sing. It's raining outside, so we can't really. <laughs> on the golf course so tee off go for yeah. it yes so <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a principal of a school i've got a big staff bunch of teachers counselors coaches and i want to shift this entire culture this entire school towards the kind of development you're talking about how do i address that with my staff I'm reflecting, so hold my hold yeah. my silence for a minute. Um, my first answer is probably not a popular answer if you are doing any sort of sales training, <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because my first answer is going to be focus on your own developmental stance and your own developmental practices. It's great, and that you need to have a story about what it's like to be developing, to be so focused on what kind of leader you are becoming mm -hmm. that people would start to be able to have a credible, authentic conversation with you where they have all the evidence they need to understand what a developmental stance in a leader looks like, what mm -hmm. a leader who is, is trying to grow and trying to become, trying to be something different, not just do something different, uh -huh. looks like. And you will never be credible. You will not be believable. You will only gain conformity or agreement unless you do that deep work, that internal work first. So your evidence needs to begin there. It's great. And most leaders don't really want to hear that. They want yeah. to hear, come in and train the team. Then yeah. they go out and they train people and these concepts and, you know, that kind of thing. But um, that's what a leader needs to do. So you started with, mm -hmm. I'm a principal. Mm -hmm. and I'm a principal and I want to work on who I'm becoming as a leader and as a person first. 
I want to be in development first before I ever talk about it to anybody or try to make anybody mm-hmm. join me. And what do I need to do that? Um, I need outside help. The people who work for me, it is not their job to oversee or join me in my own development, my own becoming. Ooh. Yeah. Um, difficult when authority is a variable in our relationship. Um, mm-hmm. And so do not lean on your team and on your people to create the container for you to do your own development. This is whether you're a principal or a CEO or a pastor or a mayor, your people, Mm -hmm. your team, they are there to, you know, serve the organization. They are Mm -hmm. there to be in a role. They know their tasks. Their tasks should never be to develop their leader or Mm -hmm. oversee who their leader is becoming. Um, okay. So that's true okay. of children and parents. That's yes. <laughs> right. Yes. So you focus on your own development and you get the support that you need and the people that you need who can do that with you. Wow. Okay. Same question. Teacher. <laughs> I'm a teacher. I've got classrooms of students. Is it okay. the same answer? Uh, Yes, but I'll take it to the second answer. So let's say you have a teacher who is um, deep in practice around who they're becoming. They're Mm -hmm. paying, they're letting their doing and their decision making and their behavior get sourced directly out of their developmental work and their own becoming and the Mm -hmm. support they've got, you know, built in their life, the reading that they've done and the people that they share this journey with, um, the podcasts that they listen to. From there, I think my, not I think, I know my favorite approach is to take the questions that you already use with students or with teammates Hmm. and push them into more powerful questions. So think about what you're after before you ask the question. There are a lot of really cool questions out there that um, sound really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and we ask them because we're more excited about the question. And we, like, we are trying to understand the question um, and how it feels to ask the question more than what the question is actually going to create. What mm-hmm. kind of um, balance, what kind of inquiry, what kind of invitation that the question is offering. Hmm. And so there are a few, you know, I mean, there's a million examples of this, but um, we probably should start like a Google Doc or something. Yeah, totally. Question bank or something. Yeah. But, um, you know, most of the time, these types of questions come from an I standpoint. And this is going to sound really basic, but it's very difficult to do. Try it out. Just just Mm -hmm. try it a couple Mm -hmm. times and realize you'll be like, like, I can't. We're so wired to say, well, I really want to know why you're a teacher. Um, That question sounds really generous, but that question is aimed at me. I want to know why you're a teacher. I want to know on my timing. I want to know about that role. I want to know, right? Like I just designed that entire um, exchange. Um, you know, I want to understand what it's like to work with you as a teammate. Hmm. Yep. 
way more rich question. So yeah. if what you were getting at was, do you teach on purpose? You know, what's the purpose? Why are you a teacher? Uh -huh. The second question is going to get you that answer, but mm -hmm. it feels like a totally different right. couch to like sit in than yeah. the first question. Yep. And so flipping your questions to the more powerful version would be my mm. next piece of coaching for someone. Cool. Um, yeah. And sometimes if you can't think of it, if every question you think of is designed, you're designing it, you don't realize it, but it's coming from you, it's your perspective, uh, ask the other person what kind of question would hmm. bring them to what you really want to know. So if you say, I really don't understand what you're after as a teacher, you know, want to understand what your experience is as a teacher, um, what question should I ask you to open that up so that we can share about that? Yeah. That's great. That information is free and available to you. Right. <laughs> with a spouse, it's right there. You are not like, there's an expert on yeah. your partner or your teammate or your spouse, and it's never you. Yeah. <laughs> it's right, always them. It's always them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Last question. How about a parent? You want to be a parent mm -hmm. who models development yeah. and learning and growth and creative family. That's, yeah. that's normal. Yeah. What do you do? Okay. So let's, let's have it given the first two and you're now pitching me into like a third answer, yeah. right? So this is great. This is you're yeah. building, you're transcending <laughs> and including <laughs> in your questions, right? So yes. Um, as a parent, you need to be parenting in a developmental way, having a stance. Who am I becoming as a parent? Who do I show up as a parent? You know, in, not what do I need to do? What do I need to say? You know, all that kind of stuff is all action, too action oriented, right? We're t we mm -hmm. want to take back into reflection and intention. And so if you think about parenting from a developmental stance, mm -hmm. you are going to automatically um, assume that your child is changing, coming up against old capacities mm -hmm. and the experience the body experience and the internal experience of knowing with certainty what was before but not knowing now what's coming next and mm -hmm. your compassion towards adult children yeah. or you know young children it should be similar because they're constantly coming up against what i call their ceilings they're oh. they're ultimate sort of like ability to make sense of their world they're pushing the limit on that at all times and it's really rapid when you're a child it's really rapid when you're a young adult and it can be scary and lonely and confusing and parents have already gone through these developmental transitions mm -hmm. and they get that they they make a lot of assumptions that if they just tell the child the answer or the experience. It's never either or, right? That the child's response is only to think, wow, well, I must be dumb because mm. I don't need that. Or right. I don't want to adopt that because I want to learn it myself, right? That's, huh. an, that's just an imperative, awesome. a growth imperative. So if we steal that from a, a young athlete, if we steal that from a young worker, um, a young student, 
Mm -hmm. We actually like encourage them or force them to skip developmental work that they will have to go and revisit later as an adult. So mm -hmm. the sharing concept was one. Another one is the collaboration concept, right? If we make group experiences, group learning experiences or team oriented experiences really difficult for students because we have all the answers and we should control the way that they learn as a group or learn as a team or play. Yep we actually rob them of really rich developmental learning that they will use someday when they're on a board of directors or they're sitting around a will with their siblings and in-laws. Um, you know, those are skills that they need to have. And so it's some holding back and mm -hmm. remembering that they're, they're doing learning right before your very eyes that's internal. And um, our answers for that are based on our ability to have learned that, not on theirs yet. Hmm. So the powerful questions help to address that, but yeah. that's just basic compassion. Um, right. I'll also draw one more thing back to um, the expert on your spouse or your partner is not you. Yeah. Um, the expert on your child and how they want to learn and how they want to grow is also not you. Hmm. It's not a book. It's not a podcast. It's, it's actually them. They know yeah. how they want to think about problems. They know how they want to deal with their own feelings. They know how they want to be spoken to or consulted about things hmm. uh, at a way younger age than we imagine that they can. Wow. That's uh, great. Evidence about that. I mean, one of my daughters, I taught them sign language before they could speak. And, um, I was so surprised how many choices that they could make before they were verbal and they were so clear that they could make the choice, but they didn't have the language to converse with me. But once I gave them a language that they could use, they could make the choice. And the same is true with adults, with young adults, anybody. If we give them a language, you know, a developmental language, a growth language, a context, in which to design their own growth and learning, they can do that. And our ability to wait and trust them and involve them in doing that is our gift to them. And otherwise we steal, we steal the opportunity from them hmm. by applying our own learning. I think I have a hunch that many people, the idea of being awake, aware, present, engaged is either terrifying overwhelming, exhausting, yes. uh, or too slow, they're impatient for it. So yes. what do you wish people knew or understood about waking up? My own personal philosophy about life and who we're created to be um, is matched by also my theoretical and academic traditions, which mm -hmm. is that we are all born meaning makers, that we are constantly making sense of what's happening around us and in us. And if that's true, and I believe, I believe so, then our ability to create more meaning from the experiences that we have is ours. And if we're able to slow down, to mm. hold on to uncertainty, 
and make more intentional moves, we actually will be able to create more meaning out of each piece of experience, mm. out of moment of life and be enriched for it. So when we zoom through those things or when we do the quick thing, when we grab for certainty, when we close the loops, um, we really rob ourselves from our own search for meaning. Our mm. search for meaning ends up more shallow than we feel satisfied with. Mm. And so our ability to layer that is, is, it belongs to us. It's really on us. It's our privilege and our responsibility. And we have way more capacity to do this in a conscious, waking way than we give ourselves credit for. Our yeah. brains are capable of so much more in the moment. Huh. And our hearts and our biology, those things, they all, you know, submit to that. Mm. We have the ability to do that. Um, but we haven't yet, as a civilization, found the right kind of supports and the right kind of challenges that get us sort of up to snuff with how sophisticated our problems are in the world, in technology, in relationships. We have very sophisticated problems, very complex problems, and we haven't done a good job of creating an internal world where we can match that complexity and still retain meaning so that our lives are rich. But truly, I think that is the one way that people ever report they are satisfied with their life is hmm. if they can answer the question, how is this meaningful? Hmm. Um, so. That's great. That's great. Okay. That's, that's also my personal answer. I just want to live a more meaningful life. I, I want more meaning. I want richer, deeper meaning. So what's well, so practical. Like raise your hand if you want a more meaningful life. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good start. Me. Me. Yeah. How do we stay up to date with you, find you, work with you, all that jazz? Absolutely. I'm on Instagram at developmental coach. Cool. And my website is um, new and I hope really user-friendly and will help to direct you to the different kinds of work that I do. It's inquiry p.com my company's called inquiry partners cool. um and on there i actually have a link for um a bunch of online learning as well so okay. i to you know i stopped teaching at harvard and i'm starting to teach online and bring the learning to the people because not everybody can go to an elite graduate school to go do this <laughs> kind of learning and we need it so uh, Inquiry P University right through my website and I'm excited. I'm really excited about what's to come, but those are the best ways to follow me. I have lots of podcast interviews and mm -hmm. some articles and things, but those are the best ways to, to find me. Kara, thank you so much. And um, man, you helped me get smarter. So I hope that as you're <laughs> listening, whether you're a school leader, a parent, somebody in an organization seeking to grow, seeking to have a more meaningful life. This is rich. This is good stuff. So thanks for adding your wisdom, taking the time with us. Thank you for your question. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I'm going to try to make, try to ask more complex questions from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember, everyone is seeking meaning. Everybody's seeking meaning. Like, launch yes. them, pitch them a question that lets them go there. 
you know, don't box it in. Um, so, good. so thank you for pitching me some really good ones. I appreciate good. it. Thanks, guys. Yeah. All right. Hey, thanks for joining us for the U School podcast. We wanted to let you know that we have a new free mini course that's available for you. It's called the Real Me Course. It's available on our website. Go to theuschool.com forward slash register. Create an account and you'll see the Real Me course available for you for free. Within three quick exercises, you can get clear about your identity, about who you are, and what matters to you. Let us guide you through video and through interactive prompts for you to figure out and get clear about your real story. So go to theuschool.com and thanks for joining us today.